Hey, listening friends, I'm your host and coach, Laura Malone. As an entrepreneur and leader, wife and mom, teacher and creator, I am showing up to share possibility with you and help you find vision and wisdom because you deserve to be equipped and released as the hero of your own story. Coaching really does help you change your life. And if you want to know how to guide yourself and others well, I created this podcast just for you. It's a place where you can grab tools, teachings, and ideas for both personal and spiritual growth, as well as entrepreneurship and coaching, if that's your thing. So as you listen in, I pray I can help you create a legacy of impact and really start writing the story of a life you love living. Now let's jump into today's episode. Okay, still working on leveling up. But today we're talking about emotions. So your emotional life, your emotional health, emotional growth. And yes, I will tell you that self-care is part of your emotional health. It's on the list, right? But I think that gets covered in a lot of areas. I talk about it and I don't think that's what you need more of today. So I will remind you that self-care is a strategy. It's a superpower. It is not selfish. Um, to do it, to give it focus. Obviously, there's ways to get selfish about anything, but in general, self-care is something that there's not enough of, not not something that we struggle to have too much of. So I will add things like spending time in the sun, you know, if it's possible, open your eyes and let some sun get into your eyes and trying to smile and stimulating that vagus nerve that I've talked about, um, but I, wa- I want to talk about the things that you can become more intentional about, you can learn more about in order to grow emotionally, and I'm going to give you some resources about it too. So number one, I'm going to tell you to start learning how to communicate well. If you are the kind of person who shuts down your emotions and you don't want to tell other people what you're feeling, or you deny yourself the experience of the emotions that you're experiencing, like you just shut them down and you don't, you're trying to protect inner peace, inner balance, whatever it is, you don't want people to see that you, you know, are near tears, or you don't want to see people to see your anger because you think anger is wrong to experience, whatever it is, then all of those things are causing you to not communicate what's going on that is creating the emotions you're experiencing. So you are experiencing a circumstance, a circum, a situation, something that triggers you, even something that's enjoyable and a desired experience. And you're going to experience like some level of emotion because you have thoughts and beliefs about what you're experiencing. This is the natural course of being a human being, right? God made you to have emotions and for them to actually process out through your body. So it's really important that you learn how to communicate what you're saying, what you're feeling. You have to put words to what you're experiencing. In order to do that, you have to become aware. So you need to actually spend time becoming aware of what your emotions are. And That means you can't ignore them. You have to be aware of what they are and have language for them. So I would suggest finding a feelings wheel. And I know some of you are going to go, 
Right, a feelings wheel. I'll get right on that. Well, I'm just going to tell you that if you took a minute, literally, let's just say two minutes to look at a feelings wheel, you would understand the value of being able to have a word to describe exactly what you're feeling. Because it's not just fear, anger, shame. There's all these different levels of experiencing emotions in these realms. There's surprise, there's terror, there is joy, there is loneliness. Like when you dig down and you find language for what you're experiencing, you can tap into something that it's not a a super sensitive person's tool. It's everybody's tool to have a word to describe what you're experiencing so you can communicate it to the people around you. So that instead of just telling somebody I'm angry, you can actually use a more detailed word for what you're experiencing that they can interpret correctly so they know better how to meet your needs. Okay, so communicate by being aware and learning language for what you're experiencing. And also just learn how to recognize the consequences of what happens in your life personally if you suppress your emotions, you hide them, or even if you adjust them in order to please people you know, or protect other people. And if you join the Christian Life Coach Collective Facebook group, and the link is in the notes for that, you can get a free feelings wheel printout under the files tab inside that Facebook group. So I've actually made one because I, I give it to clients because it's really, really helpful to keep, even if you just have a picture of it on your phone, so you can zoom in and go like, I just need a word for this, or I need to be able to tell my wife or my husband or my kids or my friend what I'm feeling right now and try to find a way to process it. Your emotions are biochemical responses connected to your brain, connected to what you're thinking and connected to what you're doing. So you cannot ignore them because they're there whether you suppress them or not. You can deny your emotions all you want, but that does not make them leave. And because they're actually bound to you physically and they are affecting your body, if you suppress the experience and process of them, they get stuck in your body, in your muscles, in your nervous system, in the energy spheres of your body that God created. And when they're stuck, it actually helps to make you sick. It harms you physically, not just emotionally, mentally, and relationally. It actually harms you physically to suppress your emotions, hide them, and constantly adjust them because you're, you know, out of fear of other people. Or if you don't experience your emotions when you have, when you, let's say you're in a situation and it's just not appropriate for you to express your emotion, you still need to remind yourself to come back to that emotion and let it process out when you're in a safe place or in a more appropriate time. Okay. And in the links, there's a, um, I've told you about this before. There's a book called The Body Keeps the Score. It is an absolute necessary read, especially if you're a coach, you need to understand these things. And I would also tell you, if you are a parent, that it's really important for you to understand this as you're raising your children. Okay. Now, also, I would suggest doing a little research, um, a personal research, but also go read some books, 
do some Googling, right? And see how you process the emotions in your spheres of influence, like in your atmosphere. Do you sense the emotions around you and are you highly affected by them? Do you kind of pick up the emotions in the room, the energy of the emotion and experience it yourself, even though it's not something that's yours? Do you actually feel what other people around you are feeling? That is a possible. A lot of a lot of times we refer to people as more uh, like an empath, somebody who is very sensitive to the emotions and the energy around them. And I personally use the Enneagram to help me understand and my clients understand how emotions uh, play a part in your taking in information and processing information and choosing what you do with information. Within the Enneagram, we talk about the three um, types of intelligence. Well, sorry, the three centers of intelligence because there's multiple types of intelligence and that is a completely different uh, episode, but we will get there one day. Right now, with the Enneagram, the three centers of intelligence basically points to the way each of the nine types on the Enneagram personality assessment, how they process information and take it in what they and what they do with it. So there's the heart triad, the head triad, and the gut triad or body triad. So there's three types, the twos, threes, and fours. Had they process more with the heart, the four, uh, five, six, and seven process more with the mind and the head triad, and then the eights, nines, and ones process more from like the gut, and they're like more of a gut or physical body knowing of things, and that really helps you understand that if you if your dominant enneagram type is a two, three, or a four it helps you understand that you use your heart in a way that the other six types don't necessarily. And then on the other spectrum, you can also tell that if you are some of the different types, you actually suppress your emotions more than other types. So again, probably a completely different episode to go into that. But I do want to bring it up that it's a way that you can do a little research by digging into your Enneagram type and helping yourself understand and become more aware of where you're taking information in more through your your thoughts, your feelings, or your gut instinct. Okay, moving on, think about what do you really want to feel and Ask yourself, how can you intentionally support this desire? So let's just say you really want to feel peace. What can you do about that? Instead of sitting back and waiting for life to make you feel peace, that's something that you actually have to intentionally do. And it's going to create, um, it's going to make your work and your thought life and your belief system is necessary if you know what you want to feel, you're going to have to line them up. They're going to have to get into alignment because what you think, feel, and do are all tied together. And how can you actually manage your mind and take captive your thoughts in order to actually help your emotions be directed in fruitful ways? This is something you have to consider. 
This is your personal work to do. And whatever you're feeling emotionally is stemming from what's already going on inside of you, what you believe, what you think on, and your brain's memory of past things that it ties together. Oh, if this happens, then I tend to feel uh, threatened, right? But that doesn't mean that every circumstance that is the same thing is happening means that you are threatened. But if your brain is interpreting it because of its memories, because of things that have happened in the past, then that's all tied to the current emotions that you experience today. You have to be taking responsibility for what you do with all of that because nobody else will do it for you. Nobody else is capable of doing it for you. On top of this, you have to think about your satisfaction with your life. Less satisfaction with life really impacts your emotional health and growth. And you know I'm not going to be the one who tells you to go chuck the keys to the house, the car, and the kids and jump on like a westbound train to start all over. (laughs) No, thank you. Um, Wherever you go, there you are. So it's not going to work for you anyway. I'm going to tell you to take your lack of satisfaction to the Lord and find ways that you can internally and externally shift things so that satisfaction is actually more possible, more prevalent in your life, which means shifting some circumstances externally, but it also means identifying internal struggles of being content or taking action to do something about your satisfaction level. And also remember that you need to learn from the experiences you've had especially things like mistakes, regrets, and failures, learning from them, giving them some a little bit of attention and assessment, and instead of shoving them down and shoving the emotions associated with them down, put them under the rug, you're going to trip over the things that are stuck under your rug, okay? So make sure that you're assessing them, taking them to the Lord, asking for forgiveness from the Lord and others and forgiving yourself, and also repenting for anything you need to, like, but do it in a way that leads you to growth instead of shame. Don't shame yourself. You can be convicted by the Lord because whatever's happening, whatever you've done is um, not good for you, but condemnation isn't from the Lord. And it's coming from the enemy, but it's also coming from you. And if that's your go-to is to shame yourself and bring condemnation or allow the enemy to speak condemnation to you because you're still allowing that to happen. You're accepting what he's saying and partnering with it. Just choose not to say, that's not the truth. I'm not going to agree with you and resist the devil and he will flee is what the Bible tells you. So let go of all of the unhealthy stuff going on in your life. What do you need to let fall off of your plate, what relationships need to be cut off or minimized in order to protect your emotional health. And what are you letting come into your eyes and your ears that is affecting how you experience life and what you're feeling? All of these things, again, are your responsibility, no one else's. So make sure that whatever you're allowing in your life is meant towards your good for your future and your hope, right? Jeremiah 29, 11. 
God has good plans for you. He has plans that your life will be full of hope. There is a future that you can have expectancy about, expectancy of good things from a good father. So do what you can to let the unhealthy things that you're holding on to or pursuing or buffering with get into alignment with the things that God is calling you to, that he wants to pour into your life and allow into your life and let divine connections and divine um, divine survival skills and divine thriving circumstances, like let that stuff come in, invade. Pray that way specifically. And let grace supersede your intentions. If you're expecting too much from yourself, you've put too much on top of your plates, you are trying to hustle, but it's breaking you down and it's harming you emotionally and mentally, let grace supersede all of the things you said you would do, okay? You've got to get yourself some grapes, grace tickets and pass them out, right? <laughs> so you've got to let things go that you're holding yourself to, I have to do this, I have to do this, I have to do this, or I have to do it that good, or I, it's not worth doing, or you're just setting the, the bar so high and you're adding so much to your shoulders that you're not even capable of anymore. And now that is going to weigh you down and you've got to let it go and give your burdens to the Lord and let him walk you through it. I'm also going to tell you to release and let go of complaining and criticism and find other ways to process what it is you want to complain about and what it is you want to criticize. Get a different skill. These skills are not, they're not supporting you. They're not helping you. They're habits that are breaking things down, harming relationships, and probably hurting other people. And especially yourself. If you're complaining about yourself and criticizing yourself, you're definitely doing yourself harm. None of those things are beneficial or fruitful and they're not going to help build anybody else up. You need to be, you are called as a believer to edify others, to encourage others, not to break people down, including yourself. And you have to ask for help. When you need help, you need to go find somebody. It goes back to communicating well, but learning how to find someone and ask them for help. If you recognize that emotionally you're struggling, it is not just okay for you to go ask for help. It is your responsibility. It's a, you're accountable, especially you hear me right now. Now you're accountable for the knowledge you have. Asking for help is wise. Shoving it down and hiding from it all and denying is foolishness. And you can find this somewhere in the Bible, I promise you. I'm not going to stop and go look for a scripture for you. You can look for it yourself. That would actually be really wise for you to do. Does the Bible want me to seek help if I need it? Put that in the search bar. And I promise you, you're going to find good truths in there to support what I'm telling you. <laughs> and make sure that you're pursuing connection with other people, not living like an island. When you start to isolate, it breeds shame and darkness at worst. And at best, it's going to still breed loneliness and a lack of truth, right? So connection 
yes, it's challenging to be in a relationship. Hello. That's why there's so many books written out there to help us navigate it, including the Bible, which is all about a relationship between a father and son and all about an underlying a connection between God and his children. But we're, we keep being people. People keep on peopling, like I say. And I don't, there's nothing we can do about that, friend. People will people. It's, a, it's actually a verb, people. <laughs> and it's challenging when people keep peopling. But God uses all of it to help us grow in very important ways to become more like him and have empathy and compassion and depth and perseverance. So, yes, if you find yourself pulling back and disconnecting, I want you to step up and pursue connection. Take baby steps. Go out. Find safe people to do it with. You also need to pay attention to what you need and want because that's really affecting your emotional health and growth. And if you're not paying attention to your needs and wants, then you're going to have a lot of unmet needs and you're going to react from that place. And if you're not clear on what you want, you're never going to get what you want. And you're always going to live like you never get what you want. And you won't have what you want because you don't know what you want. I'm not going to repeat that, but you can replay it if you want. (laughs) See, if you want, you have to learn how to recognize what it is you want. And a lot of us know what we don't want, but we're not clear on what we do want. And it's time to get clear. It is time in your story for you to be clear about what you want so you can do something about it. And learn how to express yourself in a way, especially what you need and want, in a way that's beneficial, not just to you, but the people around you, so that you're not so reactive, but you're actually able to express what you need and want in a way that's authentic, but gracious and more proactive and creative instead of reactive, which tends to hurt the people around you. One more thing, um, recovering, I mean, how do I say this? The fear of man that we often struggle with that affects us emotionally, the fear of what people are going to think, what they're going to say, what they believe about us, that is, it's digging into the belief system inside of our paradigm, which is affecting what we think about, especially if we're with those people or doing something that they're going to judge, or even we're just afraid they're going to judge. And then that's going to lead to impacting your emotional life. I'm just going to tell you that we are always going to struggle because we are people who people, people who are peopling, we're always going to struggle with worrying about what other people think, say, and do. And I'm not going to tell you to stop it. I'm going to tell you to be aware of it. I'm going to tell you to learn how to grow and take it to the Lord and begin to make it less important. But then I'm going to encourage you to just learn how to recover more quickly instead of spiraling because you struggle with fear of man and woman. I want you to recover more quickly by being able to actually walk yourself through what you're experiencing. And instead of suppressing the emotion or shaming yourself or living under condemnation, I want you to actually say, okay, that's what that was. 
that was fear of man. I was, I said something or did something I didn't want to do because I was afraid of what somebody else's opinion was or what they would think of me. Okay, what if you just accepted that and then moved on? Instead of spiraling, you recover and you say, all right, well, I'm just going to pray. I'm going to take that to the Lord. I'm going to repent for fearing man over God. And I'm going to keep living and keep growing. What if it was that simple and you could actually give yourself grace to do that? Um, Well, the what if is actually me telling you it is possible for you to give yourself grace and move on. You don't have to live there. You don't have to be somebody who says over yourself, I struggle with the fear of man. No, you can actually say like, that is something that occasionally happens in my life. I take it to the Lord and he helps me through it. I'm growing. I'm in a process. Amen. Let's stand. All right. Next one. Decide which emotions you tend to lean towards and which ones you need to develop. So some of us struggle with certain emotions overtaking us and being the one that we react out of most, being fear, shame, and anger are the ones that I think are most are most highly reactive emotions that our brains really lean towards. And then we project those things onto other people. And I would definitely believe that emotional leveling up, emotional health, emotional growth is you being aware of what's really just your emotion and what you project onto other people, which means they are not experiencing something, but because you are experiencing it, you decide to label that they are the same as you and that whatever they're doing or saying or believing or feeling is exactly like yours. And nobody is made in your image. We're all made in God's, right? We're all trying to be like Jesus, not each other. And when we project our stuff to make it mean other people's stuff, we get stuck. It's not helping us emotionally, spiritually, or relationally. Being very clear about what kind of emotions you reach for in triggering circumstances or hardship or trial, what kind of emotion pops up first for you? And I would say you can pick from those three, fear, shame, and anger, and then get that nifty feelings wheel from the Facebook group under the files tab, print it out or save it somewhere, look at it and say, what am I actually experiencing here? And learn how to identify it for yourself. So when you can see what you lean into more, you can learn how to balance it and by developing the emotions you don't experience enough. Well, and I'm going to say you probably do experience the emotions, but you suppress them. For me, I get mad before I look sad because there's something inside of me that triggers and says, I don't, I don't like the injustice of being hurt. And so when I feel hurt, I, my, um, my emotions and my brain, they skip right to, I'm, that makes me mad. Like, that's not right. I don't deserve that. That's, that's not fair. And so then nobody wants to help me because I look mad when actually I'm very sad, but that is an emotion that I actually have to develop and work on experiencing 
and emoting. I actually have to let other people see me being sad so I can have people be compassionate to me and care for me when I feel sadness. And it's almost like I skip over it. So it's actually a personal work that I have to do to grow emotionally and become more healthy in that area. I'm also going to tell you to become a decision maker and stop dilly-dallying around about all of the decisions in your life and just pick one. That's going to bring you a lot of peace emotionally if you do this. Become a decisive person and stop wandering around in the ethereal realm of I don't know. I promise it's not just going to help you mentally. It's going to help you emotionally. And remember to honor yourself and your emotions and what you need to experience emotionally, mentally, and physically, and psychologically, physiologically. Like you deserve attention and honor for who you are, how you're uniquely made. And I just want to give you that little reminder that it's important that you honor yourself and honor others and the emotions that they're experiencing. Some resources, um, I'm going to give you some books in the show notes. And I have not read all of them, but I think that they all have some possibility, some, I, there's nuggets in each one of them. And I'm, they're all on my list to read. They're not all spirit led. They're not all Christian writers. I don't tend to box myself into only learning and researching and gleaning from only Christian books. That is not a way I operate. Instead, I'm going to say, learn how to be led by God while you're reading or watching anything. And you can pull things and let God speak to you through anything. It doesn't have to be Christian. And just because it's Christian authors or Christian focused doesn't make it true either. Okay? Preaching. Preaching that. So one of them I've said multiple times, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. And there's others, but the guy, Peter Scazzaro, he has written some incredible books, and he's got one on emotionally healthy leadership and discipleship and relationships, in addition to the first one of emotionally healthy spirituality. I recommend all of them. Another one is Eat and Flourish, How Food Supports Emotional Well-Being, and that's the plus and the minuses of it. The empowered empath. I touched on that a little bit. If you're an empath, meaning you're somebody who picks up significantly and is very sensitive to the emotions of other people around you, it's exhausting. It can really, really drain you. I'm slightly that way. But this book, The Empowered Empath, is it's called A Simple Guide on Setting Boundaries, Controlling Your Emotions, and Making Life Easier. Not a Christian book, but I guarantee there's some good stuff in there. Spit out the bones, okay? There's another one called Don't Give the Enemy a Seat at Your Table. And it has a study guide. There's a whole thing with that. And it's it's a fantastic book. Why has nobody told me this before? This is actually on my list, current list to read. And it's it, I know it's going to be good. Another one is Untangling Emotions, God's Gift of Emotions. And last but not absolutely not least, I've said this a million times, and I said it earlier, the body keeps the score. So all of these are in the show notes with links if you want to check any of them out, okay? I bless you. We're going to level up tomorrow um, on the next episode. We're going to talk about leveling up spiritually. So remember, everything is possible, and I believe you are capable of figuring out 
how all of those things are possible for you, your life, your calling, and your walk with God. Bless you, friends. I so appreciate you as a listener. And if you are looking for a community of like-hearted believers who love all things coaching, be sure to jump into the Christian Life Coach Collective Facebook group. Do you think you might be called to become a certified Sterling and Stone Life Coach? We'll learn more about the Greenhouse course where you can get trained in just 10 weeks to start building the foundation of your coaching practice. All the links you need are in the show notes. Happy story making.